The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right. Before we start, for take our declaration of understanding, let's quickly start by declaring the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are going to do that from Psalm 24 this morning. We are going to read it together from the beginning. It's just about 10 verses. We are going to read um, the whole of it. If you are ready, say amen. Amen. What I want to, let's go. Yes. Is the Lord, and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Who has clean hands and a pure heart? Who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully? He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek his face, even Jacob. O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts he is the king of glory. Amen. Amen. We say Jesus is the king of glory. Amen. We say it again, Jesus is the king of glory. Amen. We say he's the Lord strong and mighty. Amen. He's the Lord mighty in battle. Amen. We declare again that the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth, they will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Amen. Any god, now, if you remember we've been studying, Satan wanted Adam to be God without going through the process of God. He wanted him to be God by himself without being a reflection or an image of the true God. Unfortunately, what that does to people is that eventually that decree, when it is activated, it will destroy them. Because the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. We declare again, that Jesus is not like one of them, as what Jeremiah said, but is the King of Glory. Say amen. amen. We say He's the King of Glory. Amen. We say He's the King of Glory. Amen. He's the Lord strong and mighty. Amen. He's the Lord mighty in battle. Amen. And all His enemies will fall before Him. Amen. All those who gang up against Him will fall before Him. Amen. All those who gang up against His people will fall because of them. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Amen. Let me say that again. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Amen. Upon this rock, he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. I declare again, the church is marching on. Amen. I say it again, the church is marching on. Amen. In this nation, the church is marching on. Amen. Please, I want to beg Christians, you know, stop talking like defeated people. You see them on Twitter, you see them everywhere, Islamic agenda. That's the song of those without their own agenda. Why don't you sing of your own agenda all the time? Tell yourself, what's my agenda for this week in promoting the gospel? Let the church tell us the agenda for the month. Every month, they should have simple things, one new soul for Christ. You don't have to win the person by force, but at least just witness. Uh-huh. What God requires of you is just to what? To witness, that's all. Just witness. Now, that's the kind of thing the church will set up as its agenda. Every month, let's have an agenda. Let's have an agenda for the year. 
We know we have an agenda for a lifetime, which is that the end of this earth will be filled with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have that. That the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. We have that. But on a daily basis, a weekly basis, let's have a simple agenda we can broadcast. Every community must hear the gospel. A church in every local government. You know, simple things like that. And let's stop discussing Islamic agenda. It's not necessary. It's a gospel of people who are afraid. They have been coward, you know. They are, they are scared. They are trembling. The church should remember, of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Amen. Ah, why would not say amen to that? Amen. Want it to end? No, sir. Want yourself? We say in the name of Jesus, he's the king of glory. Amen. And his kingdom will, will, will last forever. Amen. He's the king of glory. Amen. And his kingdom is above this nation. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, before we take our seats, let's quickly take our declaration of understanding, as we always do. We use that to quicken our hearts so we can understand what the Lord is saying to us today. Are we ready? Yes, sir. I want to, let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 All right, the Lord is good. Is let's take our seats quickly. Let's get into the teaching for today. Now let us continue studying about a new man and a new world. The aim of the teaching has been for us to understand the way this life is, how spiritual things work. And what we're centering on is the fact that God is replicating himself in us and that at the beginning, something went wrong. When man chose by himself that this would become a God through a shortcut which Satan offered to him. Of course, where we stopped, we've been looking at the issue of death. Death is when we are cut off simple, right, from, from, the, from the life of God. That's the simple definition of death. When we are being cut off from the life of God. And how are we cut off from the life of God? In simple terms, it is independence. That's it. When we cut ourselves off and we say to him, let me live my life the way I deem it fit. Let me do things the way I like it. That's what it means. And that's how we cut ourselves off. When God gives instructions, please I need to say that again. When God gives instructions, when he gives commandments, the purpose is so that we will remain connected with him and the things that separate us from him will not fall for them. I hope you're getting my point. Every instruction he gives is for the purpose of blessing us. It's so that his spirit can continue to flow into us. We talked about it then, about worship, worship of the true God. We worship God so we can be like him. What he's doing is to infuse his spirit into us until we are transformed into that very image. I said that when God speaks, he speaks as if it is done. So when he says that a father of many nations that have made Abraham, yet this Abraham, for the next 20 years or so, nothing. I hope you're getting my point. Yet God says to him, a father of many nations, I have made you. Many years later, nothing. But the Lord has spoken in finality until that thing now began to manifest. It now took time to prepare Abraham 
to give to bring forth Isaac. Then it took time to prepare Abraham to be able to give Isaac. Because in giving of the Isaac, that was when his seed really could multiply. Because the grain of wheat uh, of uh, of grain that uh, what do you, how did Jesus say it again? A grain of wheat, hell. When it's when it's you know it abides alone. But when it dies, it brings forth what? Much fruit. So the death of Isaac was necessary for bringing forth that fulfillment. So God gave Isaac to Abraham and then prepared Abraham to be able to sacrifice Isaac. Now, what I'm trying to say, so you see, it took time for those things to be fulfilled. It took time. You have to walk with God through a process for the fulfillment of that which God promised. I hope you're getting my point. In the same manner, when he said, let us make man in our image, and he said, in the image of God, he created him. And the male, uh, God, that in the image of God, he made him, and the male and female, he created them. Which one did he say, create or make now? <laughs> so God made man in his image, and the male and female, he created them. All right? Now, so man was made in his image. Take it from me, he was not final on that day. Like Miles Moreau will say those days, he draws his architectural plan and finishes it. Then now goes back and says, let us begin. That God first gets to the end, shows everything is okay, and he goes back and says, let us begin. I was reading my Bible again, and noticed in that Genesis, you know when he said that, talk about vegetation, bring forth and all of that. I said, if I was the case, why did not say he planted the garden? So everything you saw was not really fully developed like that. God was kind of seeing it in the spirit. Now, what he saw will not take time to be birthed physically. In the same manner, when it came to production of the life of God, producing the life of God in man, it was going to be a process. So when he first made that template, Adam was to grow into it in that his body. Adam was to grow into it by interacting with Jesus on a daily basis. When God would come in the cool of the evening, on the cool of the day, to come and talk with him. The idea, all right, is that they will interact with each other as he's gazing upon the glory of God. He's being transformed from one level of glory to another. As he's gazing on the Lord, he's being transformed from one level of glory to another until he reaches the full image of the Lord. I hope you're getting my point. And that was what Satan said must not happen. So how do we cut ourselves off from that flow? It's through this quest for independence. It's wanting wanting to do things our own way. It's a shortcut to being God that, yes, that Satan gave to Adam. And he fell for it. Now, of course, Adam was not deceived. We know Eve was the one that was deceived. But for certain reasons, Adam decided to go on and disobey the Lord. And then he fell into transgression. So, now where we are going, where, where we stopped is the issue of death. We said death comes in how many levels? Three levels. Because man is spirit, soul, and body. Paul explained that to us later. And throughout the scriptures, it is scattered here and there. And so there are three levels in which death comes. The first level is spiritual, in which the spirit of man is cut off from God. What that manifests as is that you no longer enjoy the presence of the Lord. You no longer enjoy the company of the people of God. That's what happens. The things of God don't make meaning to you. You begin to mock holy things. You actually don't understand them. You, don't, you have no choice. All right? It's called death. Death. You start wondering, what, is, what are they doing there? You see people are worshipping God. You start laughing at them. It's death. You've been cut off from the life force. You don't understand it. It doesn't, it, I mean, it doesn't have any attraction to you anymore. That's what happens. So when God is coming, you are repelled. Which is what happened to Adam. When the Lord was coming, 
he went to hide. He gave excuses. These are all excuses. But the truth is that he could no longer stand the presence of God. All right? Then the second level we said is what? In the soul. And that has to do with the way we live life, our emotions, the way we do everything. All right? So what does that mean? People start having um, emotional problems. The society starts developing rules and regulations that are exactly against what God said it should be. They start legalizing things that they should be banning. I start banning things they should legalize. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. They ban the preaching of the gospel, but they legalize uh, homosexual marriages. Do you follow me? That's death. That's death. It's death that is working. People start hating their neighbor. It is death that is working. All right? You start having ill feelings towards somebody else. It is death that is working. You are jealous of somebody else's progress. That is death that is working. That's how death works. A husband hates his wife, and the, the woman despises her husband. It's death that is working. Children don't love each other. It's death that is working. That's a second level of death. And it's very common in the environment. Every tribe, take Nigeria, every tribe is suspicious of the other one. <laughs> it's death that is working. And there's no political solution. I want you to understand that. There is no political solution. There's no political solution. I like what the Erufai said, then we were saying the problem in Nigeria is that we have so many tribes, so we should cut into different countries. I hope you know that thing. It's a sign that you don't know what they are saying. Erufai said something which I never forgot. He said Somalia is one, they are 90% one tribe. They all speak the same language, and they are over 90% Muslims. He said, how come they've been fighting all the while? So you can see your, your proposed solution will not work. Statistically, it does not work. Now, because I've lived in eastern Nigeria most of my responsible adult life, whatever responsible adult life, when I'm a man, and when you're a student, <laughs> really, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? So, for that reason, I've seen all these sins that's committed amongst people in eastern Nigeria. I'm not saying they're the only ones like that, but I've not lived in the north. And as in the west where I was born, I really didn't, I grew up there as a child, but I, no, you didn't understand what's going on. So, I can tell you, let me just use eastern Nigeria here as an example of how human beings behave. Human beings are like that everywhere, all right? All this one of uh, we are one people is because we are still part of Nigeria. The moment you cut, and it's only us remaining, that's why you know that now Brahma does not understand who the Enuguma is. Am I lying? I've lived here long enough to know now. And please, before you start saying, hey, Enugu, and another one, no good. No, no, Enugu people. <laughs> hey, my God. I told one man one day, I said, okay, this school that I just started, that, uh, just started that, in the, the medical school, won't you go there and work? <laughs> he said, you know, it's being controlled by these Udi people. I'm telling you, he told me, this man is a specialist. Let me not tell you his field. One of these fields that when you see them, you bow. He said, and that, I think he said, he's a, which are the major ones? Udi, Kandu, you know, he told me like that. So, no, it was not, no, it wasn't Udi. It was, anyway, he told me once, yeah. I was, this man had the big, I was in his hospital, we were talking. At this new medical school, won't you go there and help them? He said, No. You know this, uh, it's not Udi, he said. I forgot which one, but that's how he divided it. I was looking at him like this. I couldn't believe it. See, no matter how much you go to school, the spirit of death is not driven away by education. No, it's not. It's not driven by education. I was looking at the man like this. Because I'm much older, he was a much older person, I couldn't say anything. If he was a younger person, I would have given him a knock. Have you talked to them? No, you don't. That, I've heard all kinds of things. Like I told you, this is where I've grown. I've lived, I've lived in Enugu now since the year 2000, so 22, 22 years this year, constantly interacting with people, walking, 
or as an adult. I came here as a married man. You understand? Had all my children when I was in Enugu. So, but so I've seen all the faults of natural people. But I have to use here as an example. I'm not saying it's only uh, everywhere you go, human beings are like that. Till now, I'm married. <laughs> oh? Let's just leave that. <laughs> that is when I saw, I said, eh? And then one day, I won't give names again. So that you, somebody mistakenly sent me a message. He didn't know I was not in their group. Now, this was a situation in which, in one institution, the people from Enugu gathered against the people that are mostly from Anambra. <laughs> Understand? Okay? So the, among the Enugu people, they didn't know I was not an Enugu man. I don't know how my number joined the list. I'm, it must be a spiritual discernment that this man is really from Enugu. One of them now sent a message around. For, from his own locality, I won't tell you his locality, that we have been seen by them as not valid members of this state. So we must come together and support our own candidate. When I got a message, he told me that they had had their meeting and that is the resolution. This person they will support everybody. Now, listen, these are the people who gathered as we are Enugu and you are not Enugu. They are amongst the people that gathered there were Enugu. There was not a sub gathering. <laughs> so I went, one day I was talking to one of the people who was amongst the major gathering of where from Enugu. I showed him the message of the. Now, by the way, this was a champion of the Enugu gathering. I don't know whether you're getting my point. This man was a champion. Yet, he created a sub-gathering and said the rest of them don't recognize us. So this guy, who I know, he's among the rest of them. So I went and showed him the message. No, something led to it. I said, this is one of people are gathering. He was, I said, my brother, relax. So finally, when the argument got too much, I brought out my phone. He saw the man's name. I said, read this message. He looked at it. I said, when I tell you, human beings are just like this. Forget all these arguments you are giving me. He said, I should please forward it to him. I said, I'm not. He begged. He had to swear by Almighty God and the life of his great, great ancestors <laughs> that he won't reveal where he got it from. So next time they had a meeting of the general gathering, as they were talking and plotting, he said, please, he have something to say. He read out the message. <laughs> of course, that was the last day he went for the gatherings. Yeah, he never went again. He said, this is a joke. This is the champion of this major gathering. He had a sub garden. See, what I'm telling the story here is not to tell anything. See, any good people are not worse than a boy people or Undo people or Adamawa people. I hope you're getting my point. Human beings are just like that. I'm just using this as an example because this is where I have lived for the last 22 years. I've seen the faults of the natural man. And I've seen there's no hope but Christ Jesus. That's where I'm going. So when somebody tells you that they will divide the country, I'm just laughing. Once you bring that knife of division, that knife doesn't know how to stop. If you first divide Nigeria, when it's done, you now come to Biafra. And then call Biafra. That is. You see Biafra A, Biafra B, Biafra C. Then Biafra A will not gather. Remember that we are, we are an autonomous community. You know it's a very common expression in this part of <laughs> I never heard the word autonomous community until I came to Enugu. Now, what I'm trying to emphasize is a natural human thing. It's a natural human thing. That's how it works. 
They'll keep on looking for, you know, the heart of a brother is turned against his brother. That is just a, it's a natural human thing. Cain will always try to kill a bear. It's a natural human thing. Please let me just quickly say this. Christians, be careful what you gather around. That the Igbo man gathers against the Yoruba man and the Hausa man gathers against the Shekri man is not my problem. I hope you get my point. The one that upsets me is when Christians get involved. That's the one that upsets me. That's the one that upsets me. And let me just warn everybody that's been listening to me. For listening to me, you're in trouble. Yes. You must do what is right. No word of God, Bishop Oedipo used to tell us those days, leaves you the same. Once you hear it, it does one or two things. It either brings you up or it takes you down. It never leaves you the way it met you. If you obey it, you are blessed. It will lift you up. If you disobey it, it will punish you. There's no option. You can't overlook it. Are we not? You cannot overlook it. You can't ignore it. You are in trouble once you hear it. So to escape the trouble, quickly understand it, obey it. To walk against it, downloads with high-speed internet divine judgment. It's click to download on 5G. It's divine judgment. Jonathan, you were the one discussing with me last time. Giving us this here last week, exactly a week ago. About the pastor in his church, they had the discussion of money. The man said he sows his seed. Abi, what does he do? He tithes, sows his seed, and uses those things to pray, and it gets results. True or false? No, Jonathan, if I didn't say it right, correct, no, don't be afraid to correct me. Is that not what we discussed? Well, I shouldn't mention your name in case he's hearing it. <laughs> okay, we'll call you David. Say they got into an argument. He told the man that, sir, it's not like this. That we are Christians. Our favor comes because of Jesus Christ. Anything we want, we ask in his name. It is not our seed that brings harvest into our lives when we want answers to prayers. We do good works as a constant habit. We are believers. We are like our father. You understand? We do good. He does good to the good and to the bad. He reigns. So we are also like that. He explained to the man. The man said, no. With your tithe, now he didn't say this. I'm adding what other people have said. You unlock the generational blessing. Abraham, you know, I've heard all kinds of border dash on that matter. The man kept quoting for him. So our brother David, who used to be Jonathan, said, (laughs) that my brother is not like this. He was showing me scripture. Ask in my name, the Father Himself loves you. He was explaining to him, this is based on receiving. You have not because you do not ask. And he explained to him, but Christians, we do good works. He tried to explain. That one shot. He said, that one got tired at a point in time. He said, my friend, you're a lecturer. I'm the pastor. Allow me to do the doctrinal issues. So that one left him. What he did not know, that that was the day. Of reckoning, if I'm using the expression. That was the watershed moment. God says, all this while, I overlooked all this nonsense prayer you've been praying because you were walking in ignorance. Now I have sent you the truth. How long later did he come back to you? Two years later, he came back. I said, lecturer, sir, you are not the pastor. I'm this <laughs> disciple. <laughs> I'm adding words now. Please, sir, can you show me that thing you were saying that time? Why did you come back all of a sudden? He said, since that time, nothing has worked. 
I said, it's a spiritual principle. In the times of ignorance, he overlooks. Then now he commands that he should repent. So he brought him light and he rejected the light. God said, sorry, that I cannot handle. I can overlook your ignorance. You did not know. You go to church every Sunday, your pastor preaches it to you, of course. It's not the truth, but let's just leave it. But I can, see, let me say another thing. Let me add it to it. Ignorance does not bring blessings. Ignorance only helps mitigate judgment. See what I said? If you say, I did not know, you won't be blessed for not knowing. But the acts of disobedience you acted in, you did in ignorance, the judgment will be small. Not zero. He said, he that does not know, the servant that does not know and therefore does not do, receives what? Few stripes, few, few lashes. But the one that knows and does not do, he collects plenty. So Jesus was careful to emphasize to us that I did not know does not spare you entirely of judgment. It only mitigates it, it reduces it. But this is the point I'm making. It never blesses you. It will never give you the thing doing right was supposed to give you. It will never give you the thing, do you understand, that will bring truth was supposed to give you. It just will not punish you for disobedience. Because we can use ignorance as what? An excuse. So don't, what I'm emphasizing that, don't go and hide there for that. I will not learn so that I will not be held accountable. Do you get my point? Don't say I will not learn so I will not be held accountable. Because if you don't, there are things you will not get. There are levels of your destiny you will never achieve in life because of ignorance. There are levels in your ministry you will never get to because of that. It's a discipline of disciples. You must go out to go and learn. You're about to get married. Get the book and read. Ask questions. You will hear. One thing I've noticed, a lot of people, when you preach, what does not agree with them? Let me, again... You know, we'll say, I'll get back to my message. You know where I, where I begin to lose track? Because I'm about to get lost now. But before I get lost, let me remember where I was. I was trying to say that, that Christians, when they get involved in what natural man does, thank you. That's what I was trying to get her. Okay. Now, this is where I, was, I was not the issue of disciples, all right? People must actively go and, and learn. Now, listen to this. Every obedience in life has a blessing attached. Do you get my point? Every level of truth you obey, there's a blessing. There's a reason why he says 100-fold, 60-fold, 30-fold, and they were all blessed people. Did you, did, you, did you get that? So you plant, the earth produces, you understand, 30-fold, 60-fold, and what? 100-fold. And that's fertile soil. So all fertile soils are not the same. There are four levels, you know that. First, there are those who hear and they do not understand. So it's like planting by the wayside. The birds of the air quickly comes and what? Removes them. That is one. Then number two are those who hear. They understand slightly, but they did not have what? Depths. So when persecution comes as a result of the word, they quickly wither because they don't have roots. They were not deep. They produced no fruit. The third one are those who heard, understood, and had depth, but something else was planted alongside. And what are those things? The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches plus the loss for other things. These are the reasons why people don't fulfill their destiny. These are the most difficult. That is, persecution is not as dangerous to the believer as the loss for other things. Many Christians who survived persecution as young men, young women in church, when they began to grow, I need to have a car, I need to have a house, I need to be settled, they left their ministries. 
Yeah, these are people who left churches. The, the, the whole um, community disowned them because they left either the traditional worship or the Orthodox church they were attending. They were on fire as young men, young women. But as it began to grow, suddenly, so you see, persecution is not as dangerous as desire to be materially successful. That's the third level. Those ones came, that's those other things, grew up and choked the word and it did not bear fruit. This third level, how much fruit? Zero. Just like the second level, that had no depth. Just like the first level, that had no understanding. Still came to zero. Still came to zero. But again, that's not what we want to emphasize. What we want to emphasize is that the last group, the first group, that bore fruit with perseverance. Yet it wasn't uniform. Some were 30-fold, some were 60-fold, and some were 100-fold. Now the question is, why did they have different levels of fruit? I'll tell you. The answer is simple. Is it different degrees of understanding? The amount of truth, the depth of truth they went for. The amount of personal sacrifices they made in the pursuit of truth. The amount of obedience they gave to the truth that they heard. The priest was saying something. He said, it is the one that got a hundredfold. That Jesus says to, well done. He said, when he said, your mina has produced ten months. That was the person that said, he said to, well done. Good and faithful. Many people try, but they don't get the well done, good and faithful. Let me say another thing about faith. Once you find the truth, go and research it, whether it is true. How true is it? Take time. Let me give an example now. You hear me say things like, a Christian is not, you, you don't, um, you, that is the key to receiving for a believer is not giving, as an example. You've heard me say it before. It's, I'm using it as an example because it's contrary to what 99% of other preachers you hear say. Okay? Now, because it's so diametrically opposite, you should go and study what I'm saying. You know why? You can't hold it to. You can't. I've seen people do it. They will hear me for years, pay attention for years. Then go, they go and pay tithes so as to be blessed. I'm sorry I'm bringing it up. You're shortchanging yourself. I'll say what I'm saying clearly because the reason why I seem to be emphatic about that thing now is that once he gives you confidence to pray, you will get into trouble. It's not the tithe as the issue. I hope you're getting my point. It is a confidence it gives you that I can pray and get results. If you said, which is right to do? I want to support my church with 10% of my income. Or I want to practice giving. So anytime I get money, the first 10% must go for preaching the gospel. I think it's a wonderful thing. Do you get my point? But if I don't do it, the devourer will come after me. Let me tell you what God does to people like you. I've experienced it many times. Hmm? What the Lord does is that Next time you do it, you will now unleash the devourer after you. It's only your hopes you learn. Because Jesus is very jealous concerning the work that he did for us. That you know, sometimes some of the things we do, they, we outright insult him. And let me say something to you. I don't care who's preaching the opposite to. You have an assignment. Go home, settle down, find out. I'm not saying that Pastor Banky is uh, Lord of all. Is blessed forever. 
Is that not how to die early? When I start making such claims. It's Jesus that is Lord of all. Who Paul said is blessed forever. It's not me. However, I said with all humility, I'm his servant. So if I say something, you go home, get your Bible, get on your knees, talk to the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Say, sir, this servant said this. Other servants said this. And that different servants are saying different things is not new. Oh, it's all over the scriptures. There was a time when Jesus spoke. Uh, you know, he's now spoken his son. You understand? God was speaking his son. Yet he was speaking opposite to what Moses said. He said, but Moses told us. He said, Moses didn't know what he was saying. Did he say that? Well, he didn't say it like that. Yeah, you get my point? <laughs> yeah, but he said it. He said, in the beginning, it was not so. That Moses only said that because of the hardness of your heart. He wasn't trying to pull down Moses. He was just trying to say, I am the way, the truth. I'm the truth. I'm the truth. Anything I say is superior to that which Moses said. So it's not a strange thing that two ministers say things that are different. Now, there are, two, there are a number of things about it. There are a number of things about it. One is that sometimes one is a lie and one is true. At other times, one is a lower level of truth to another one. And then you cannot. I wrote, God gave me that understanding when I was serving, NYC. I did my youth service, 93. 92 into 93. Finished towards the third quarter of 93. And it happened because I was watching, I sat down, in the, I served in the third mechanized battalion. I was just sitting down in the barracks that day. And um, a cock just, you know, was flying. You know, you know, cocks can fly to short distances. So this cock, it flew and landed on a closed line. Now there's a proverb in Yoruba language like that. All right, so it landed on the closed line, and I saw the cock trying to balance. It happens a lot. You know, modern day children, <laughs> the only cocks you see are inside cages. You've not even seen a real cock. You don't see cock chase hen before. This modern day children not see anything. When we're young, we see cock pursue hen. So when you see men chasing women, they remind you of cock. Except that the way cock is, is by force. <laughs> so, you know, so it, it was very common thing. So that's why there was a proverb for it that at the Eba Lokun, those who speak Yoruba, where's Antitao? Antitao, uh-huh. you don't know that one. You don't know it. This girl is a beer friend. This one, she's been lying to me. She's been lying to me that she's beer friend. How can you not know that one? There's even a song like that. Was there a business that would be one of them that sang it? Or, uh, or Sonny Ade? Ah! Please, oh. Any boy that wants to marry, I want you to marry this girl for me. Let's, uh, let's stop deceiving ourselves that, uh, please, oh. Even Jonathan knows this one. Jonathan, do you know it? And Jonathan is a fake hero. <laughs> Jonathan, do you know it? Ah, he doesn't know it, so now you are safe. Oh, you are in good company. But at least he can say that, no, I actually, I only grew up in Lagos. But your name is Taiwo, I don't know it. I'm so ashamed of you. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> anyway, the, the proverb goes like this, that the cock landed on the line. That the line is not at rest, the cock is not at rest. And if you've seen it like that, you see the thing swinging up and down. Swing, and did it, did it not go? The line to no go stay. After a long time, the cock will lose 
of the hen, it will now finally land on the ground. So there's a proverb like that, that the hen or the cock has landed on the line, and neither the cock nor the line is addressed. Right? So that day I was in the bar, I just watched it happen again. Then it just hit me. That way too. These weaver birds will land on that line, and there will, be, there will not be a problem. You know what they call weaver birds? All these canaries and all of that, they will land on that same line. They just perch there nicely, and be discussing with each other, and be grooming their feathers, and there will be no trouble. And there can actually be ten of them. Then I went back to my room, and I went and wrote an article. I still have it here today. And I, I titled it, On What Do You Stand? I realized that the older you get, the stronger the thing you stand must be. The revelation must be stronger. There are some things that carried you as a baby Christian. They can't carry you now. You just be tossing to and fro. You just be tossing to and fro. And you'll be wondering why. The messages I listened to, which I didn't do those days, I look at, I read, I look at them now and say, you mean I enjoyed this at the time? Are you looking at the preacher? Then why can't you be talking this kind of nonsense? I just remember one book. Was written by, I think I don't want a Christian, but the man was a psychologist, but I think a Christian. I won't give you the title of the book, okay? But it was my first book as a young man that I read on relationships. I won't give you the title, all right? But the book was on something like don't go and read it though. <laughs> it was something on how to manage relationships. The man gave a number of points after years of counseling and everything. The title is still in my head. Do you know I enjoyed this book? I, enjoy, I think I even bought copies and gave people. I enjoyed the book. Ooh. Years later, I found my copy. I brought it and, and read it. I, I asked myself, is this auto-mental? I'm serious. I, I remember, I said, this guy, what's wrong with you? How can you write this rubbish? There's nothing about Christ in here. Let me give you an example. One of the things he said between husband and wife, yeah, he did that mostly with husband and wife, but he, 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 he talked about many relationships in, along the line. He said, avoid placating, always negotiate. What does it mean? That if the wife says, if the husband says, wife, please, let us go out. Um, I want you to follow me somewhere. He said, that, if I don't follow him now, he'll be angry. He said, why don't you just say something like, okay, I'll follow you as long as on the way we stop to do this one. He said, you should negotiate rather than placate. I said, you never read your Bible. Love your wife as Christ loves the church. Or that husbands, be subject, wives, be subject to your own husband. You know, by that time I had read scripture, I had grown older. Every point, in, I threw away the book. I started regretting giving it to people. How could I have spread this thing? But you know, as a young person, it was my first book on that there's an order to relating with people. But I became older, I couldn't handle it anymore. That this is wrong. The main problem was that I'm not a cock. I'm no longer a weaver bird. That line was too thin. I couldn't, it couldn't carry me. I had more important things to handle in life than this guy. The guy gave like five or six points or four or something like that. So that's what happens about truth. As a man I was listening to the other day, I said, as he was preaching, I said, bro, leave this thing. I said, bro, in my mind, man of God, leave this thing. I was disagreeing with everything he was saying. But there was a time we sang those doctrines around and preached them and stood on the on little pulpits we had and preached those things. I look at them and said, no, oh boy, leave this thing. That isn't how God operates. For a time, it was okay. Now, sometimes I've seen preachers, they go to the deep truths. Now, deep truths are usually not popular. If you're a preacher, 
and your aim is to gather a very large congregation, you will preach shallow messages. There's nothing you can do about it. It doesn't mean you are bad. You have to. You will. Maybe your assignment in life, all right, is to preach the sincere milk is good. And you have made up your mind you will not go beyond the diluted milk. Fine. Maybe. Because the day you cross over and start serving meat, not because you are wicked or people are bad, it's just that there are fewer mature people around. That's all. That's a matter of fact. It's not about whether you are good or bad. It's just the way life is. You are getting my point here. All right? But this is where I'm going. As much as, yes, at each stage in life, well, before I say, let me put it another way. At this stage in life, God serves you different levels of nutrition. Sincere milk, when you're a baby, then you start eating meat as you grow older, and you get to the point where they call what they call strong meat belongs to those. Now, this is what I wanted to say. This is what I wanted to say. As much as it is okay to drink sincere milk when it is time for sincere milk, if you are still drinking milk, when by now, remember what the Bible says? Hebrews says, when you ought, so a, a person feeding on sincere milk should not be a teacher. Do you get my point? There are counselors have given people, maybe you're talking, just that this counsel is because you're a baby Christian. If you're an adult, I won't tell you to do this. But God says, now this is what I want to, what I want to emphasize. God marks time, that this is checking the time. A time comes when he says, no, by now you should be eating meat. By now, you should be on strong meat. By now, you should be mature. Why should we still be talking? Listen to me. It doesn't say it lightly. That is when you start praying, and there will be no answer. And you are wondering, ah, but before, these are the keys I used to press. I say, yes, now. Because if I didn't give you, you you start crying. I know, you're a baby, you know. I give you lolly to, cop, to stop crying. You know, I give, you know, sweet. Yeah. Well, baby, small prayer like this. You pray for stupid things. Go do it. Now come and testify. And you know to use a sign of my faith. You know, my faith is working. That thing Papa taught last week. I also prayed it. God said, I didn't give you, you, you cried the whole night. You didn't let me sleep. Of course, God is not sleeping, but you get my point. <laughs> you, you know, when a baby is just um, a year and he cries for many things, you give. He cries, you bring butter, you put everything in the mouth. Now, when ordinary three years, and if you are like me, the baby is only three years old. Okay, not even a baby, a child. The child is only three years. Let me tell you something. None of my children, none, has ever thrown tantrum more than once. I'm not joking. Ask their mother. They won't remember. You can ask them. But they will not remember. Akinu didn't get to two tantrum twice in his life. Benga didn't get to throw tantrum two times. Neither did none of them. You can't throw tantrum twice. In my house. The first Trump, Trump is usually the last one. I don't, when you throw the tantrum, when I tantrum you, eh? <laughs> no, I'm not joking. None of these children, they don't do it. Not because we were born without tantrums. So. I have an anti-tantrum spirit. When, I still remember when I was warning, I think, victory. Like, if daddy catches you, you won't go to church. That was what she said that I remember very well. Because she did something one day, I won't tell you what. It looked like a small thing. When I was done with her, I said, stop crying. She said, I can't. She actually told me. I told her, keep quiet. 
He said, my cry will not let me be quiet. <laughs> it embarrassed me sometimes. I, I, I remember one day I was in a bank. A one woman came with the child. And the child was throwing tantrum in the banking hall. So I was looking at the woman. I was looking at the child. I was looking at the woman. The ball was literally on the floor. Trashing. On the floor. In the banking hall. So I was looking at the woman. She looked at the banking officer attending to her. She just hissed. Say, when it's like this, just ignore him and continue what she was doing. I wanted to father that boy. <laughs> Honestly, I, was, I wanted to be a father unto him. I will be a son unto me. And I will have told him, come out from among them and be separate. <laughs> and do not touch the unclean tantrum. I'm telling you. None, none not this children, none. None. Not one. Yeah, I was like, you be, when your mother gave you eye like this, you will know the Lord spoke to you. <laughs> no, they, they, tell you. What am I going to say? He gets a level. God is like that too. He said, no. Tantrum time is over. That one that you pray for something stupid, I give it to you. You pray now, you fast, you intercede. God will be looking at you like this. He said, you don't need it. He said, if you pray that prayer again, I take the one you have already. We are dealing with a living God, a loving Father. A loving Father. He that the Father loves, he chastises. I hope you get my point. Yeah, that, that, that's how he is. What am I going to say? So God expects you to go for maturity. He demands it of you that you must go for that which is mature. He demands it. I found out a lot of people, when pastor preaches what they don't like, understand? They almost feel like correcting you. So can I just beg you? No matter what I say here, don't talk to me about it. Don't. It's annoying. To the Holy Spirit, not me. Unless you want to ask a question. Don't correct me. Don't criticize me. It's not because of me. Please, please, please. It's not, not Pastor Banky is proud. He's arrogant. No. Doesn't mean you're always right. Let's leave that matter. If I'm not right, it's between the Holy Spirit and you. He will solve you. But if you argue against it, and if by chance I am right, you're in trouble. So just leave it. That's what I'm saying. What did I say? Just leave it. Just leave it. If it's a doctrinal issue, go and settle down. Study. Do you follow? Study. Read and now what? because you've heard me many times, preachers have said things. What I'm there. And I said, this is not right. I'll go and take my scriptures, check. It's not what he's saying is not. So I'm not saying that just swallow it. I just need us to be careful because sometimes God is correcting people. That's where I'm going. God is correcting them. But they react, they think they should correct God. So Samuel comes to Saul. Why did, what do you mean? But I did. Samuel said, are you, I, I did now, you said, no, I, but what about the, ble- no, that one, they are hearing from you, me, me, me. He's the man who just decided to just take some things and sacrifice to the Lord thy God. Just leave it. What is it? You're just making noise over ordinary few sheep. Okay, kill the sheep, let him be happy. You know, that's he lost his throne. You will not always agree with something. Now, so this is what I'm saying to you. If you hear a truth, please study it. It may not agree with you quickly. Go and think about it. Go and pray about it. If it's conflicting, please, I'm open to questions. Ask questions. That's what I'm trying to say. Argument is, the problem with argument is that you close your heart to the spirit. You close your heart to the spirit. If you, you, know, if you start hooking just on the letters... What the Spirit is saying. You know, don't ever forget. There's always what the Spirit is saying. 
There is always what the Spirit is saying. There is always what the Spirit is saying. He said, he that has an ear, let him hear. That is, if you have spiritual ears, tune it to hear what the Spirit is saying. That is the fact that you've just, it's been, you know, there's a broadcast of it going on. It does not mean you will hear it. You have to deliberately say, what is the Spirit saying? That is why many people that I disagree with on letters, I still listen to them again and again. Do you know why? I know the spirit of what they are saying. And I know we are not in disagreement. Do you get my point? Let's talk about this money issue. One day, one man wrote, I don't even know what I sent the message. Anyway, I think it was an email. I've forgotten what. There's a message we got here. He said when he read, um, and that's why I wrote the book. What's the name of that book? So we pay for this. Thank you. So we pay for this. He said, when he read the book, so we pay for this. How do you know the book I was thinking anyway? <laughs> when, he, when he read the book, he said, and I said, he said yeah, okay, now, now he agrees with me. That when he read Grace to Prosper, he did not agree with me. I told my wife, he's a pastor. I told my wife, he's a pastor. I didn't know. I just said, this guy is a preacher. This guy is a preacher. <laughs> He says he's a preacher. How do I know? It's simple. What is there to disagree with in Grace to Prosper? There are just two things. One, that I say you don't sow because you, want, you need something. And that there's no law that says you must tithe compulsory. So the two things. But in Grace to Prosper, in them, so we pay for this, it was a charge to Christians that they must support the work of the gospel. <laughs> do you get it? So once I read, one day, one day I said, I told my wife, this guy is a preacher. And a lot of problems, you know, that I had with people when they read, read books like uh, Grace to Prosper. And I've had arguments I was in university. Is that you want to reduce church income. But like my friend said then, because I talked, I asked counsel before I wrote the book. He said, Banky, if it's the truth, it has to be told. He said, if it's the truth, it has to be told. And like I told you, the doctrine, the way people preach and everything, I've been hearing it for a very long time. It began when I was in university. I knew when it first came in, as into Nigeria, Pentecostal circles. <laughs> we didn't think much about it. So all my life, I just ignored it. I just treated it like what the opposite of weightier matters of the law. It's not a weighty matter, so I didn't think much about it. Until people started saying things like, if you don't touch, you can never prosper. Ah, I said, what kind of joke is this? And people say that, look, if I'm a woman, don't marry a man who doesn't touch. I said, but this handshake is crossing... But you don't almost reach my elbow. The next thing I knew is that if you don't touch, you are going to hell. And don't reach and pit. Now I said, no, 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 no. This is this is too much. It was when I heard that one, I said, no, this has to be stopped. This is the problem with small, small errors. It just keeps going. We keep on tolerating it. I said, no, it has to be stopped. And this statement was being made by ah, I heard one that somebody said that the reason why Job had problems was that it was not a tighter. It's okay with it, I preached it. <laughs> It's a joke. It's not him. It's a joke. But he was the one that reported to me where he heard it from. I said, what? You know, when I heard that, I said, no, now, this is getting too far. Now, we are beginning to carry it too far. If the emphasis is that everybody supports your church, I don't have a problem with it. So that's why I now wrote the book. First, I first wrote Grace to Prosper, and I put it as a segment at the end to go systematically through Scripture. So that everybody can understand it. That let us not bring legalism into Christianity. 
But people interpreted it that this is the main meat where church gets money from. I said, is that the issue? The issue is, should be what? Is it true or is not true? And the fact that what you guys are preaching is not true. It's not accurate. You miss the spirit of that law. And Paul said, at least, walk in the spirit. Every law has a spirit. And that's what the point I'm trying to make. So sometimes when you hear some things that are not totally accurate, you know, by words, just get the spirit. Just get the spirit. But this is where I'm going. Once you, the Lord has introduced the truth to you, go home and study it. Especially when it challenges what you always knew. Go home and study it. You cannot play safe. That does not exist in the faith work. You know, you call faith, play safe. You say, just in case, you still go and redeem your firstborn. You know, you start provoking the Lord to anger. Because you see, that your play safe, your safe play, alright? That your safe play is to cap you at a low spiritual level permanently. Truth can be radical. It will demand you move from one level to another. Yes. I feel like just saying this about this tithing issue. I feel like talking about it some more. One of the ways you can just, just, just you can end that, that bondage upon yourself. Just say, okay, how much do I earn? 5,000 naira. From now on, I'm giving 2,000 naira every month. <laughs> that way, it breaks the 10% thing. I don't know what I get my point. I want to be a giver. All right? So, just, my money is 5,000. I take 2,000. I share it out. Once you do that in a few months, your, your, your soul will calm down. And by the way, if you say, you know, I was saying last time, people follow me for different reasons. I was saying that. Uh-huh. And now, later I found out why I was trying to say, before I got lost. Okay? <laughs> I wanted to say something which I ended up not saying. Like people will hear it and just follow something they like. Some very stingy people, they quote me, Pastor Bank does not believe in Titan because they are wicked. You don't understand what I'm saying? They are very wicked people. They want to eat their money by themselves. Please, you are not my disciple. I've seen many people who follow me who are not my disciples. You know, Jesus had people like that. They follow Jesus because he sells food. Some follow him because he's a radical. I've seen somebody say that, I like you, a controversial preacher. What? <laughs> <laughs> What nonsense is that? You're looking for controversy. Now my house is come come. What kind of rubbish is that? I went to preach somewhere one day. Some people went, I did not compliment. I said, some boys don't get sense. He says, sir, you sound like a comedian. I said, <laughs> yeah. Apostle, I'm telling you. It's a, it's a town where I don't live. I'll tell them that, look, you are very stupid. Kneel down here, put up your hands and face the wall. Get me, I'll remove my belt. Flog you too. You know it's Sunday now. Every you know sheep come to church on Sundays. Goats come. Elephants, fox, hyena. Everybody they come to church. People are following them because they're in a country. I'm, look, listen. You're not my disciple, okay? If you're what you're following, so anytime I tell say something that is popular, they are not happy. And of course, you know those controversial people. Once they don't join their political movement, that's it. You have lost them. So a lot of people who are not loving in themselves, who are stingy, they like to eat their money, they now be following me. Please, so I am not your pastor. I did not teach you selfishness. What I just taught you, if you really are my disciple, is that a tithe is not 10%. The tithe is for, is how much? Answer me now, is how much? 100%, thank you. How do you administer it? As God gives you the opportunity. But you must make giving priority in your life. And anything you believe in, you must support. The church will not go to the politicians. That's why churches start doing Thanksgiving. And they will be inviting the big politicians in town. That's how you know you are lost. 
you, you missed last direction. One way you preach against corruption, they will now bring the politician to come to the front and come and donate. He's a local government chairman. How much does he end? You are begging him to steal. Yes, now. You call a commissioner in a no-go state. I know how much they pay these people. They don't pay them anything fantastic. A lot of boys are around. These boys don't earn too much. They don't. Many people work in some good companies around. They earn much more than they do. It's jokes apart. So the time you are coming and making them chairman in church uh, Thanksgiving, you are begging him to steal. You are saying, we know you are stealing. Bring us, give us our cut. That's what you are saying. You are saying, we, we know you are stealing. Where is our own portion? We are the mafia done of God's you know, family. Collect the cut on God's behalf. We give you protection, spiritual protection. As you are living, shall be well with you. How can you say to a thief to be well with you? It's forbidden. God said you can't do that. Now, but that's, a, that's an aside. What I'm going to say is that one reason why pastors do that is because those of us who claim we go to church, we're not even responsible. We run to our, you know, one, one that means that they say, Pastor, somebody told one of my friends, I like the way you are doing, no, I like the way you are doing. You know, like the other pastor, I always pursue money, money, money. So my friends are starting down. He said, Now that I'm not pursuing money, what have you done to make sure I have money? That one was quiet. He said, You say you like the way I'm doing, Abby? You are my friend. This is the job I do. You know. You are calling me to counsel me. You know, there, you know, there are some counselors I hear. In my mind, I'm boxing the person. I say, I'm counseling me. I'm giving you a knock. But on the surface, I'm just... <laughs> say, Pastor Bank, keep on doing what you are doing. In my mind, do you know what I'm doing? You don't know what I'm doing. Just say, look, okay, you have been a blessing to me. God bless you, sir, and go away. Don't give me advice. What you just know is I'm preaching here. What I'm really doing, you don't know it. My friend said to the fellow, okay, I'm not pursuing money now. God bless you very much. Thank you for the advice. But now that I'm not pursuing money, what you, what have you, my friend, done to make sure that I'm comfortable? And I say, ah, he did not see it like that. Better see it like that before he start advising me. Better see it like that. He said, that one said, he didn't see it like that. He said, now see it like that. I've heard all kinds of advice from people those days. They say, ah, why don't you go to this radio station? Look at the person. <laughs> Write a check to that radio station and then call me when you have paid them. They can be telling me where to go. I have not come. For people have come to me for, ah, Pastor, you have, you, you have gone to Portacot. You have gone to Oka. You have not yet come to from another place. Maybe you have not come to Abeokuta. Thank you. Now, if you are linked to Abeokuta, it's not you I'm thinking of. Because, uh, I mean, after all, you are not on my side of the country. So I understand. I just want to use that as an example. I want to tell you many of the places you see I, I, we have gone to, the people there pay the money. Oka, Portacot, Abakiliki. You see, we go there. We don't spend money. What they do, they, in fact, what they do is harass us for date. I tell pastor, now when are you people coming? When are you people coming? Once we give date, bam, they paid for the hall. They paid for hotel rooms. They prepared food. They prepared everything. We just enter our car, drive there. Then somebody will now say, you are not coming to my You too pay for hall. Pay for, and please, pay my workers, even if you won't pay me. Because you can't be driving me all over the country. No, no, it's costing us on our bodies. Don't, I mean, the fact that you paid for a hall and paid for hotel room. These men are going to leave their wives and children for the next two days. You don't know that there's a cost to that? That's why I wrote the book, So Who Pay For This. People say that, no, 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 pastors, why are they always pursuing money? There's no problem. Before you can say it, make sure you're always pushing money. Because if I'm pushing money there, I can tell you don't pursue money. 
But you can't be holding your money and tell me I'm pursuing money. You want me to die of hunger? The day God judges the money matter, eh? I, 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 I'm going to ask him for the front row seat. You want to tell me all my own sins so I can confess before I come. Because <laughs> but that judgment goes strong that day. We will just sit down on one side. Because all the pastors lying to collect money. Come forward. There are some angels in heaven. You don't know whether they are demons or they are angels. One day, Pastor Murphy asked me one question. Until today, I have not answered him. He said, that angel of the abyss, on whose side is he? <laughs> my people, now I open my book. I read, 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 read. Now I say, Pastor Murphy, who sent you to Enugu? <laughs> you ask me questions that I have no answer to. You look at it and say, hey, are you a demon spirit or an archangel? You don't know. Very powerful spirit, but the thing he does. Now that one, they bring that day for that judgment. Some spirits that you don't know. You know, you know, you know God doesn't do bad. I've been looking at it. I don't know who you're talking about. There are two angels in the Bible. Three. Or maybe the same person. I don't know. That one is walking. You'll be one to say, excuse me, are you a demon spirit? But they call you angel. That one just say, I don't know. I'm just a messenger. Who's that? The one that went when David numbered Israel. Was that a demon spirit or an angel? Don't answer me. Or I don't know. Then the one that went to Egypt and killed everybody. The one that went to the camp of Assyria and killed people. Ha! Huh? You're wondering. Okay. The one that, you know, Christians are preaching. say, no, the devil, the devil. I say, hey, bros, wait. Oh. These guys, who did they work for? And sometimes they come into the camp of Israel. They don't take it easy with anybody. Though some of them are coming for judgment day on money matters. Thank God they are only going to use Koboko. God will first call the pastors that lie with his name for money. He first beat them. That angel will just say, come on, lie down there. Chase out they lie down. That tongue I spoke is the tongue of man. You know what it means now? Is that not from your side? Are you not a Sokoma? You don't know if you chase out <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so just lie down there. They will flog the pastors. <laughs> then some church members will say, yes, good for them. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm watching, I'm telling you. <laughs> then the angels now say, any other person, ah, Jesus said, I never even start. That's just the first group. Next group, all those that made them hungry so that they were not provoked to lying. Because they make me neither too poor or too rich. If I'm hungry, I will what? Still, good. So all those who I gave money to ensure they are not hungry who made them hungry. They look like, oh, they, <laughs> the kids are so, come forward. <laughs> Radio commentator, that is something, come forward. Now criticize if you criticize. Come now, come forward. The angel said, what do I do? Say, as you did to those pastors, do to them also. He will flog all of them. He said, God, what are you doing? Say you are as responsible for their lying as they are. Two of you. Says that this man, the day he told that first lie, I laid upon your heart that his children are resuming school next week. And you say you should go and walk. Have you heard that thing before? Pastor should go and walk. You know what you have said? Preaching is not work. Because have you ever gone to, to a doctor and say, go and walk? And refuse to pay him in the clinic. Say, doctor, why do you need my money? Go and walk. 
Somebody finishes repairing your car, say, go and walk. So what the one I did is what? Or you go to a class, teacher finishes giving lessons. Four lessons, five lessons a day. Four days of the week. At the end of the month, say, go and walk. What kind of nonsense is that? Somebody would say, go and walk. You turn radio and preach it. You say, go and walk. You come up here, I'm discussing Bible. You say, go and walk. If I tell you what's in my heart, let me not say it. I'll wait for the day the angel is coming. <laughs> he will handle you by himself. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, Apostle, you know, we have, we have just lumped everything together. We, we keep preaching, we keep correcting the people of God, all right? Now, you will now tell me why I got into that one. Okay, I, I know what I'm saying. Let me just go back. So, please, anytime you hear truth, what do you do? Go home. Especially when it challenges you, when it disrupts your former way of thinking. Go home, study it. Do you understand? Know the truth. And once you have found that, you become convinced of it. Please, start practicing it. Start. That's how you will be blessed. Truth does not come to, for you to be playing safe. That safe place, the reason why you'll be on one spot all your life. That safe place will not allow you to move forward with God. When a new level of truth comes, you step into it. You step into it. And God knows what you can handle per time. So he unveils it to you bit by bit. Ten people can come, listen to the same message, and they hear, they hear ten different levels of truth. That's the truth. They hear ten different levels of truth. And I said, let me repeat it again. Please go for the higher level of truth each time. As you mature, God will lift. Have this constant pursuit of truth. Have it in your heart. Every time you want to get better, you want to know more, you want to know more. You know, sometimes you say, as believers, of course, the fact is that like Paul wrote to us, uh, told us to do, that those who are weak in faith, you don't want to bring them into condemnation. But I noticed something that Paul said. He said they are what? How did he describe them? No, answer me, how do you describe them? Weak in faith. Is that not what he said? What does that tell you? Something's wrong with them. You are just tolerating them because they are yet weak. That is, those who are weak in faith should make sure that they become what? Strong in faith. That's where I'm going. Because sometimes we look at that and say, just tolerate everybody, which is true. But remember, he says some are what? Weak. He doesn't desire that they remain weak. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. So every one of us as believers, we must constantly desire to grow in faith. And once you have found truth, please obey the truth. That's what I'm saying. Once you have found truth, what do you do? Obey the truth. All right, now, that's the digression. Now, I, you know, I marked the place where I was. So I was saying something earlier. That what pains me, I was talking about, you know, we're revealing the second level of death. Remember that? We're revealing that people start misbehaving, you know, in life. Spiritual death, separated from God. The soul level death, you see it in their behavior and all of that. And I said there will be divisions. I was not giving an example of what I have seen. Please remember, I am not saying it's only people here that do that. You remember that? If you go to Undo State, they do it also. Yes, I have not lived there as an adult. That's where I was born. If you go to Okwara, they do it too. But I have not lived there as an adult. I don't know their traits. But I just use the environment where I live in to show what natural, natural man is like. Natural man is like that. Natural man can divide firstborn, secondborn. There are communities where their, their culture is 
The firstborn inherits everything. And doesn't know how to share. So some people go to Jesus, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. Have you heard that before? There's a reason why, <laughs> why this thing came up. Alright? So the division will be, okay, so, in fact, somebody said there's a particular place, I won't mention the name, that the women there behave funny. Their aim in life is to have firstborn for as many men as possible. To have first son, sorry. Why? Because when those men die, our sons will inherit everything. So, so you know, before I used to think that, nah, how can anybody think like that? Human beings are evil. Now I know that they can think like that. I said, nah, that, that's what they do. That you see one woman, she has three first sons for three different men. And she just prayed that one day they will die. At least before her. I know God who's very smart. He said, no problem. All these men will leave you, will die. <laughs> no God. Ah, he, that, when he wants to judge, he said, there's no trouble. Human beings come up with all kinds of nonsense. Now, please, I'm just talking about how the natural man reasons. Do you get my point? Like, I will now say, okay, let's now sit down and think I was saying. That when they divide us, that's natural man. It's not the problem. It's the way they are. Don't expect natural people not to do natural things. Do you get my point? Like, if a person says, God is not angry about homosexuality. He said he's not. He said it's a sign that he's angry. I don't know whether you get my point. That sexual perversion does not annoy him. It is a sign that somebody else has annoyed him. So it gives people over to madness. And what annoys him, number one, is lack of gratitude. Refusal to acknowledge him. Those two things, actually in one, all right, the two of them are together. That's the fundamental thing that annoys God. That when that has happened, a, a spirit of madness is now released upon the people. Like I told the one airline, now advertising that their staff, their crew, did you hear what I said? Crew, the pilot can come to work. A male pilot can come wearing skirt with lipstick and long nails. I said, welcome this morning. I'm going to be flying you from London to Lagos. I am coming down. Don't fly me. Reform my ticket money. Because I don't know where this your madness will reach. There have been pilots before. I'm not joking. This, really, this has happened. Not, I've heard of at least two. Pilots reach halfway, say entire for life. Dive the, yes, nose dive the commercial plane, killed himself and everybody on board. And if a man, if, a, if my pilot, a male, because they are female pilots, a male pilot comes and says, Hello, good morning, I'm going to be the one. Hey, I'm going down. Give me my briefcase. Give me my briefcase. I'm going down. Give me my briefcase. That's what the Bible calls an unclean spirit. That's what it is. That's an unclean spirit. An unclean spirit. Don't come and fly me. Please go and investigate the airline that said that. So, be sure that you know, you check your life. Oh. Say, Father God. Hmm. You know, there's one, the one song they sing. Nearer my God today. That's what you sing when you want to board those, places, those planes. You should go and see the video. The video will nauseate you. See one handsome young guy like this wearing high heels and a skirt. Yes, below, high heels and a skirt. On top, handsome young man with a punk haircut. And he's modeling their distance, walking like this. I look at him. God really is angry. That's what David Paulson says. Listen, Eli will say it like this. The reason why you are not behaving like an animal is because God makes you wiser. So when he withdraws that wisdom, you, even animals will see you and respect your madness. No, read my book, Worship and Sex Control. I explained it in there. There are three levels. There's a godly level, which is what most of us practice. When a man wants to marry, 
he chases another, he chases a woman, the way the cock chases that hen, the one I told you about. <laughs> That's normal. And he marries one woman and stays with her all the days of his life. That's what God said. That is normal. That's what God ordained. But animals don't understand that. So they can marry one woman in the morning. Next month, they marry another woman. That's what animals do. Bingo has slept with all the, dog, the female dogs in the neighborhood. You know, that's animal behavior. You have one head of cat, you put only one bull there. He knows his work. His name is Solomon. He's doing his work. <laughs> that's what animals do. So when God has left you, you come to that level. Then when God is angry with you, you now go to the level where you do what even animals don't do. Because no matter what you enter the body of bingo, it only looks for bingores. Do you understand? Bingo does not ever pursue the goat in the neighborhood. If you see bingo going after the goat, it wants to kill the goat. Don't you know that? But yet, what do we see? We see human beings sleeping with dogs. That's the third level. That is the height of madness. Do you get my point? And it's a spirit God unleashes on people when they have rejected him. There's nothing they can do about it. They are, they've gone crazy. It's just God that said no. And please, you can jackpa. You can jesse. Say, why that I jesse? Akpa in Yoruba is arm. That's his leg. So anyone you jackpa or you jesse, I don't have a problem with it. But please, don't insult my intelligence. When you are talking about sinner climbs. People talk about sinner climbs, it offends me. What do you call sanity? The fact that PDP buys votes is insanity. APC buys votes is insanity. And in your place, they can't buy votes. And you say that is sinner? I don't have a problem with that. But one thing is sure. No matter how rich you are, if you can publish the fact that you are sleeping with your children, you will not enter that office. And if you ever apply for license and your name is Adam, you want to marry Steve, we will not let... Look, we will throw you in prison by our law. You can say we are insane, but in some things that matter, we are very sane. You call us insane, we fight, we quarrel. But one thing we don't do, we don't kill our old. We don't abandon our parents. We don't. Many people here, you send money to your parents every month. We don't leave them motherless mother's home, have you? What is it? Oh, sorry. Babyless mother's home. I don't know. You can call us insane. But there are things you don't do. You do them. Now, am I saying Nigeria is better than abroad? No. I'm just saying that please don't call this this place insane and say insane climbs. You can say in politically sane climbs. In labor law, sinner climbs. I'm okay with that. Qualify it. Like I told my classmates, I said, everybody is insane in one way or another. I said, so let all, let's all each decide the kind of insanity we want to live with. That's what I told my classmates. I said, the insanity you are living with, I can't live with it. Some of these things I'm saying here, I'm not joking. If Google bothers to listen to it, they will shut our channel down. Yes. They will say, I'm, I'm what, they, what they call those who hate. No. I'm homophobic. They will say, I'm homophobic and transphobic. 
That's what telling the trans person is not normal. He knows so, but I can't tell him. Please. Sometimes they say, look, when we leave God, we start behaving like we are mad. It's a sign of death. Now, the one I was saying earlier that took me into that tangent, all right, is that when, they, when division also occurs, it's part of it. And Christians should please. That's where I was going. Don't follow. Don't follow. Don't follow. You should never be divisive in your messages. The Bible says clearly to us there are three divisions of mankind. Paul was explaining through the, in the desert of the Corinthians. He said there are Jews, there are Gentiles, and there is the church of God. How does it work? In the natural level, you're either a Jew or a Gentile. And of course, it makes sense that among the Gentiles, there are subdivisions of man. You can be white, you can be Asian, you can be black, you can be anything. You can be racist for that reason. And racism is natural to mankind. Like somebody was making a joke yesterday. Not a joke, just pointed it out. You know, the British um, Prime Minister sacked her finance commissioner yesterday. So the headline in one British newspaper, well, I assume it's a British newspaper, is that Ghanaian so-so-so-and-so has been fired. My friend sent it and underlined, say, oh, he's Ghanaian now. Yeah, the guy is Ghanaian, but it's British. So when Anthony Joshua loses a fight, he's a Nigerian fighter. But when he beats somebody, British boxer, when they are caught stealing, some Nigerian boys were caught yesterday stealing. When they win the Olympics, two British athletes. <laughs> Do you get my point? Uh-huh. So, listen, it's natural. I'm not, when I see it, I'm not angry with it about it. It doesn't people say, hey, how can they, how can they? I say, you say, stay your house. If you don't like it, take whatever you have. I heard the other day, they said that the doctors have been oppressed in UK. Nigerian doctors get you from here. They walk like they want to die. So my friend says, slavery. I say, it's not slavery. Slaves can't live. These ones can live. Many of you may have read it. They get a job from Nigeria. They won't tell you they are not, you are not working under the NHS. So the law applying to you is different. Then they, they walk you like you want to die. So the boys say, Man, we are dying here. People say, this is unfair. I said, what do you mean? It's a job they advertised. If you don't like it, what do you do? You fly back to where you are coming from. You know, there are some things that some things don't, uh, don't break my head. So I'm not going to say, look, racism. It doesn't, it, does, it, does, it doesn't worry me. Look, see, I'm sorry. It doesn't disturb me. It doesn't disturb me at all. If I come to your country to beg for prosperity, you have a right to treat me like that. Of course, I will pretend like I don't like it. But it's pretense. The truth is that I understand. No, I understand. Your fathers built your country with the blessing of God. The same has not happened. So I come here. I cannot be struggling with your children as if we have the same right. We don't. Why are we lying? So, so some people now react. But the point I'm going to make is that racism itself, why it doesn't bother me is because it's a mark of a natural man. Natural man behaves like that. Stop making it like he won't. Even when he pretends like he doesn't, he's lying. It happens. It's part of life, really. It's just a natural man. Okay? That's what I'm going to emphasize. I'm not saying it's right, too. What did I say? It's natural. Did I say it's right? What did I say? It's natural. Now, the problem is when the church behaves like that. The problem is when the church starts dividing. And you go to a church. One guy was appointed head of one major denomination in Nigeria. And when he spoke in Enugu, you know what he said? He said, now the voice of the evil man we heard in the church in Nigeria. 
You open your mouth and just wake up in the morning. He saw Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what do. Jesus just gets angry with you for nothing. That is, you just provoke him to anger. You bring tribe into church. What's wrong with you? One day, man was, they were building a church in Enugu. The head of the church happens to be from Western Nigeria. That's the denomination. And one big man in this town, I mentioned your name, his name. Almost everybody here, apart from Taiwo, we know the name. He's a very prominent man in this town. Very prominent. She may not know it, truly. <laughs> She's new now. Which time did you come to Enugu? Sir? 18. Ah. Johnny just come. Just arrived four years ago. But if you're around long enough, you know him. But you may have seen his posters around. I don't know how, how many strange places you go, but. <laughs> he went to the church and said, How come you people are spending this amount of money in a ministry that does not belong to our brother? Yeah, he said it. They were building a church. Of course, constructing a building costs a lot of money. And they were doing it in a hurry. There was a lot of money going in. He went to one pastor there. He said, why are you spending this amount of money in a ministry that does not belong to our brother? Can you believe that? You bring that such trust into church. Gets, God, you know, God gets upset. You, he, he really gets angry. You're not rightfully discerning the body. He really gets angry. He says, give offense rather to Jews or to Gentiles. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he said, or to the church of God. So this is how it works. You're either a Jew or a Gentile with the subdivisions inside, or you leave that and become what? The church. So once you're in the church, the natural subdivisions do not apply to you anymore. And in scripture, anybody who did not recognize that, whether his name is Peter or his name is Paul, got into trouble with the Lord. So whether you are white, black, and if you are in Nigeria, whether you are northern, southern, and if you are in the south, whether you are southwest or south, south or southeast, it makes no difference. It makes no difference to the Lord. As far as God is concerned, you are a Christian. And you know what? He will test it too. Because very easy for us. You know, hugging is cheap. Handshake doesn't cost anything. It's when critical decisions have to be made, you know what you really believe. When it comes to involvement in ministry, working together, and most importantly, when it comes to marriage, that's when we we'll know what you believe. All this one of we're all brethren is okay. When it's not time to marry, we'll not start testing you. And once you disqualify somebody because they are not from your tribe, God says you have rejected Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what you did. That natural, be very careful. I say this thing, you know, I tell you that truth doesn't leave you the same. Some of you will be tapers and won't marry. Come here this morning. I don't catch you now. Everything is okay. The only thing is just that, you know, their village. Or the tante that, uh, you know, his father is uh, Osu. That's when God starts testing you. God will just be looking at you. You call my son Osu, no problem. You go and marry Prince. And I will give you children that are outcasts. Don't joke with him. Oh. Don't, jo- don't joke with him. I'm not joking. Okay, one of my friends, this really happened to their family, extended family. This really happened. I'm just going to say it simply, all right? But without giving details. A young man wanted to marry. Brought the woman he wanted to marry home. His mother, or the parent that stood as mother to him, said he didn't like the girl. Why? He said one of her legs is shorter than the other one. True story. So she refused, and the guy listened. Married a normal person. The first two children he had, exactly like that girl. I'm not, there are people I know that is the family. I mean, I don't know those individuals. 
Don't joke with God. Though. She didn't marry her. He didn't marry her. Find somebody else. <laughs> he said this one uh, outcast, Abby. Because and he's a true believer. I'm not not joke, you know they are joker, joking believers. Some people come to church, you don't even know whether they baptize them in water or in mud. You don't know. <laughs> You don't know how they were baptized. You wonder, did you give your life to Christ or you borrowed it back after the service? <laughs> I'm not talking about people like that. I'm talking about real committed believers. So what you are saying that the blood of Jesus has not covered some things. You are worshiping the God of some villages. People don't know that. That's what you are doing. You are worshiping certain gods. They are defining things for you. Paul said, henceforth we know no man after the flesh. Christianity is radical. I'm telling you, the problem we've had with Christianity is that people don't follow it. It's radical. It's radical. People should know that you give your life to Christ, you're not normal again. Ah, say, we don't know what he will do tomorrow. They are rejoicing. Hey, he bought a new car. They are rejoicing. Somebody will be looking at this. They don't rejoice. That guy is not normal. Say, what? Well, he can come tomorrow now. This guy, he will tell you that uh, the Lord laid upon his heart to sell it and send to missionaries. So they've learned that they went their own. Mm. You are not, they don't know that you are a crazy human being. That madness must be your reputation if you're a believer. They should know. They know that, look, they know you don't do things the way everybody does. That that, look, I've seen this, this girl, don't mind her. I saw an appointment letter. One day they gave an appointment letter in a particular place. He said that those people, their, their purpose is not, does not fit the color of God for my life. If you see the money we went to pay this girl, he now went to one place with any small money where she's laboring money afternoon and night. Why? He said, God spoke. Ah! They know you are not normal. That money is not as important to you as it is to them. They know the, your, your mother has a friend whose son is very rich and he lives abroad, wanted to marry you. And you said to everybody, he's not born again. And the other guys in the village are looking like, eh? <laughs> Let the guy come and marry three of us who will follow him. <laughs> And they offer only you. And because of church. You know some people, they don't care. They just tell the guys, he just come to our church, you know my brethren. So the guy will now come. You, I've seen people like that, they just <laughs> be pretending. She should tell them, when we, when, anytime I stand up, you two, you stand up. Oh. That's what they do for them. Then when the pastor preach, after a while, you say amen. All right? Just wait for me to give you the cue. You say amen. Of course. And because of the confusion in the soul of many pastors, they know, the guy will come. Good morning, man of God. They greet, okay, all right. They get on trainer. Give a seat. The Lord laid it upon my heart. The girl said, you are learning well. They give a seat. After a while, pass. look, listen. Money is, money answers all things. Those of you are praying and fasting. Pastor never chop. I mean, this guy, he doesn't pray, doesn't fast, but pastor, they chop. And you are blaming pastor. <laughs> See, you have to pray for pastor that he will not fall for such things. But even if you fall for it, now your problem. When you marry, finish. Pastor has his own wife, and she's very born again. They will come and deceive the pastor. God will not even reveal it to him because you see, if the girl's heart is set on it, God will say, leave her. We'll train the guy, finish. Some people do it. There was one particular lady. She was a, you know what they call mommy of fellowship. She was a mommy of fellowship in a university not too far from here. When I heard the story later, I was I was shocked. When she got married, she married a drug dealer. What's the normal thing that will come to your mind? What, what would the excuse you would give for her? Excuse. 
deceived. Maybe she did not know, right? That's what I thought. That is not possible. Maybe she did not know. They said, I should leave that in. That the church excommunicated her mother for that. The society so knew. They removed her from the, from the society. That is, ah, 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 that. You will let your daughter marry this boy. You are no longer our member. So that they all knew. Yet, mommy of fellowship married cocaine pusher. Money is dangerous. Mammon. Mammon. You know, when Satan was passing, Jesus and disciples, they were there. God and his children, they did it in Satan, they come. Less that they pour in hearts, they say, eh. They were listening to him. He was teaching them. The mama was coming. God looks at my children, enter the house. Everybody enter the house, they closed the door. He blocked the door. He said, this one is more dangerous than Satan. <laughs> mama is dangerous. God, they hide in children when mama they come. When the devil is coming, he doesn't worry. What can the devil do? They will rebuke the devil. He will flee from them. But Mammon, Mammon will dress. You know, you know what Mammon does? He'll come and sit. Say what the Lord is saying is true. But we need money to preach the gospel. <laughs> Mammon will tell, look, Peter, you can't continue. You know, fishing business has ended now. You know that. Say yes. He said, I will do what? I will make you fishers of men. What did you used to do with fish? You sell it for money. When you fish men, what do we do? Revelation. <laughs> I'm telling you, Mammon, when Mammon is done with you, you, even you won't recognize your preaching. One man I saw preaching once said, my God, Mammon is powerful. Mammon. You know what Mammon did to him? The man said there is a difference between free and freely. I was there, not this dude. I was in the church. He said him, he doesn't do anything for free. That when you call him to come and pray, he will first say, how much do you have? Then I got to that woman's house, so he came to pray. Say, how much do you have? The woman said 50,000. No, not years ago. So I said 50,000, okay, bring it. He said, I first took it and put it in my bag and I locked it. He said, he said I'm not one of those pastors that pretend. I'm very open. He said, there's a difference between free and freely. He said, Jesus said, freely you have received. He didn't say free you received. Thank you. Now, what he said is freely. What does freely mean? It means flow. That Jesus means it should flow. It should flow without hindrance. It should flow without interruption. (laughs) This guy is laughing in Greek. (laughs) I don't blame him. Laughing in other tongues. When you hear things like this, you will laugh in strange languages. I was looking at it, and what made me laugh? What made me marvel? People were jumping up and laughing and giving him high five. And I'm telling you, thank you, sorcery. I was looking at this guy like this. This is supposed to be a joke. So what was telling us? Look, if you want, is anointing. I come for what? I know one millionaire. I come for five hundred thousand. It doesn't play. This thing is money. Yeah, yeah. Look at the guy like this. You know, there are times you want God to just give you an anointing and give you permission. To go forward and beat somebody while he's preaching. Sometimes you want to be like Phineas. No Phineas in the Bible. Just bring a sword and shook it into one bad part of him. I'm telling you. Somebody, that's why Mammon, well, God says, My children, please come to this side. Mammon wants to, today, Mammon is, is going to court. He's sit at home. Everybody sit at home. <laughs> 
God doesn't want us. Man, what? That is why a mommy of fellowship will marry a drug dealer. That's what I'm talking about. Mammon is very powerful. In your life, you have to consciously renounce mammon. Say, mammon, I'm not your friend. Say, you just be poor. Say, let me be poor and go to heaven. What does it profit a man that against the whole world? You remember how mammon taught you to interpret it? When mammon did interpret that scripture. You know what mammon said? Mammon said, Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and what? Loses his soul. But he did not say if he gains the whole world and does not lose his soul. He's still okay. <laughs> yeah, that's mammon's interpretation. So the man was teaching how to gain the whole world and not lose your soul. Miss the spirit of what Jesus was saying. But how did the Holy Spirit correct you? He said, he said you can't love the world or the things that's in the world. That if you love the world, you're an enemy of God. So once you love the world and the things in the world, you will lose your soul. Like I was saying, listen, people of God, we must ne- when the level of soul, the, the death in the soul starts raging, we must fight it. When they bring tribalism to church, we say no. We say no. We say no. We refuse. Like I said, what you really believe will be tested. They bring tribalism to church, you say no. Say, where is he from? He's from Zion. He's a child of God. I mean, where's natural? Okay, okay, oh. I think it's an Aquarian man. Okay, that is his father. It's Amoriteness and it's tightness. And you are saying it with like, I hope you're not trying to make a big deal of it. You say, Aquarian people, they are like this. So say, if anyone is in Christ, a new creature, all things have passed away. Listen, anyone who's not in Christ, a dangerous creature. But discussing the other day that the woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Please, if you are single, marry somebody who fears God. Handsome won't take you to heaven. Rich can lead you to hellfire. I hope you are getting my point. Marry somebody who fears God. Marry somebody who fears God. That's the most important thing. Whether it's Hausa, Fulani, or Ibo, or Shekri, or Ijo, or Yoruba, is not the issue. It's does this fellow fear God? Once there's fear of God, we are united in faith. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There's one body. Somebody wrote me a letter once. I said that we can marry from anywhere. I said, but Abraham decided to marry from... Uh, yeah, he went, went to gather a, a, son, a wife for Isaac from amongst the relatives. You know, when you miss the spirit of, of God, as if Abraham did not say it clearly, what was his reason? He said, the people around here, they are idol worshippers. The people I know that worship the true God is the one I'm sending you to. It had nothing to do with whether they are connected physically. The issue is that, look, these people, I mean, you can see when Esau married. Yes, that's what he was saying. When Esau married, it was pain to Isaac. It was pain to Rebecca. You can't marry Jezebel. Your throne is coming to an end. When Solomon married those, Solomon said, you know, Solomon was high on something. The first wife, Solomon married, he was in disobedience to God. You know, his first wife was an Egyptian. You can't even use her as number three. After all, you are going to number 700. <laughs> first way it gets sense. Like David. The first five or six, David, they were people from around. That is covenant. I'm not talking about village. I'm talking about what? Covenant. Solomon, when he wanted to marry. You know, an Egyptian girl, eh, compared to Jewish girls, they can't find. And when the, when the guy is seen the fertility, you know, they see straight again. It was this. <laughs> They bring a magician girl and disobeyed God. And you know that was the end. That was what ended his dynasty. 
Those women he married. Was my one after the other. Like somebody said, this one's a big cook in Mariam. This one's a big greet in Mariam. This one's a big dress in Mariam. This one know people in Mariam. I saw you reach number 700. One excuse after the other to marry this one, marry that one. That was the joke of the century that I had. Disobeyed God. Anyway, the point I'm making is this. The person asked me that, uh, but I said no. Now, why do we miss the spirit? You always get, try and get the spirit. Abraham was explaining that you need a woman who fears God in your life. Don't get my son a woman who doesn't know the Lord, who does not understand the true God. Let me tell you where you will find girls who have heard of him before, who can serve him. That was why he sent his servant to go all the way there. He was looking for a young woman who knew God, who the family knew the true God. What am I saying? Please, I don't care how, you know, I feel like saying this again. You know we said before? Favor or charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. All right? A woman who fears God, she shall be praised. That thing applies to both men and women. Beauty, we have agreed, is vain. How do we know? Instagram. Filters. Photoshop. You can look like anything. Any, just go, go, they sell it in the market. You know that junction there? Go to the left. There's a beauty shop. That's why they call it a beauty shop. Where they sell beauty? You know there's a beauty shop before? Beauty is sold there. So it is vain. So we're not talking about that. And for, for your information, money is also vain. Because man, not be handsome. People, they find for man, but in our pocket. It's also vain. It's vain. Money can come today, can go tomorrow. One of my sisters, her mother was saying that they are suffering so much that you will not let her girls marry any man that doesn't have money. <laughs> she told the mother, said, mommy, don't worry about it. Any man I marry, my presence in his life will make him rich. That's what she said. I'm a blessing to him. He will become rich. Leave that. Have that attitude. Like I say, women, don't look for a man who will take care of you. Nobody's looking for who to take care of. Life is hard. I'm telling you, nobody's looking for anybody to take care of. One guy came to my wife the other day. He was walking. He said, Madam, I don't suffer. I said, Mistake. You came to look for work. And I said, How much you have suffered? Of course, now. How long? How long? How many days? Is that your guy? I don't think it lasted two months. You don't fire himself. I'm looking for who helped me with my work. You are telling me you, you are bringing yourself to, on top of, to me so that I can be solving your problems. Of course, for that it was perpetually dissatisfied. I said, you don't go to somebody you want to work for. You are telling him your problems. Day one. I will give you money and I will give you bye-bye. If you need more money, call me. But you ain't working for me. I mean, for goodness sake, I'm running a business. The business has to work. And you are telling me you have, a, you have problems. I had problems. That's why I'm looking for staff. You can't come now, but I should be adding you to the problem I have to solve. I'm solving rent. I'm solving this. And this is a major, it needs solution. You know this? This is a demonic spirit right now (laughs) that needs to be handled. I'm solving supplier. I'm solving staff that steal my money. They now come and say, you want to work for me, you get a problem. I will dip in the pocket and say, how much you need? On the surface, I will say, well, we don't need your services right now. What we are saying, we don't need your trouble. Nobody, everybody looking for will be a blessing to them. If I pay you 10,000, your presence, you earn me 20. Otherwise, I'm a bad businessman. If I'm giving you 10K, your presence, you earn me 20. Please think like that as a believer in everything you do. I have this attitude. I'm a giver. Everywhere I go, I must be impacting something. I hope you're getting my point. 
It is crucial as a Christian. As a woman, also think like that. I'm looking at my mind, take care of you. They will treat you anyhow. Did you hear what I said? That's, you, are be, you see, what a man sows. If you have that attitude, seeds, I told you it's a spiritual thing. We talked about it last time. The seeds of the spirit is like that. You come to a man's life saying, I want a man to take care of me. He won't respect you. Listen, it's an attitude we are talking about. It's what? An attitude. Even if you marry a man who happens, God happens to have given me a lot of resources. See, you know one of the reasons why the guy has money? He's prudent. Did you get my point? He's prudent. What do I mean by that? When you come into his life, you shouldn't be the reason why you should become wasteful. He should see you that, look, ah, ever since I married, my brother, thank God for me. You know, before, I don't know where my money they go. But this is why we are married. I know where the money they go. She knows. Before, these people that walk in my house, they say, okay, I'll bring 100,000. No, you know, I've not spent 50,000 since, since that time. Why? Because she accounts for everything. Now, every day, you, you are needing something. And no, my maids are not wearing this kind of ring. <laughs> no, no, nonsense. I just need the ring anyhow, just because you know he has money. Just, you know, people just come up with ideas. Listen, your presence in anybody's life should not increase his problems. And all my friends, last week, last year, they went to Switzerland for holiday. As if you knew Switzerland. Can you even spoil Switzerland? Write it down, let's see. <laughs> if they drop you on the app, won't you freeze to death? For putting unnecessary demand on somebody. That's how you will lose respect. Your presence in his life should help him more than organize himself. That's even if he happens to be somebody who is already well-to-do. That's the point I'm making. You can still be a blessing to him. But don't have this kind of eyes. Say, where the money day? Where the money day? Where the money day? All this good. Apostle, I don't understand this message. Because I don't know what I'm saying now. <laughs> I've gone to a place now where <laughs> I'm going to get my direction back. I'm just saying the way Christians reason. We don't think like the people of the world. I'll be getting my point. Please read my, my book, um, Should I Say Yes? All right? If you are single, read that book. Read both of them. There are two of them. Should I say yes? And Fundamentals of Christian Marriage. There used to be one book, but people used to get confused as to the content. We had to separate the two sections into two separate books. There used to be one book. All right? Please read, read it. Should I say yes? I, will ex- I explain things inside. I don't want to touch you on marriage. Now, I'm just trying to emphasize the fact that Christians reason differently. And we cannot afford you know, to amplify the death, the reign of death that happens in the soul's in the soulish level, by getting into the worldly thinking. Like I said, the world separates people. The world separates us. But we, we unite. We are united in Christ Jesus. We are united in Christ. And the recognition of that unity will be tested. That's why I went into that. I hope you're getting my point. And then the third level we said, I ended up just revising the things we said last time. The third level we said is the level of the body. The physical level. Death starts affecting the body. Number one area where death manifests in the body is in health and in physical death. In health and in physical death. In fact, you will see, I think it's a good time to just look at that again. I said we should open to Romans chapter 5, right? Did we read it? <laughs> we haven't read it. Okay, but let's just go back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3. I want to bring out something here. We know the story we know how the spiritual one manifested and how they reacted and they hid away from the presence of God. That's death. Then when God began to pronounce, I explained to us last time, what the Lord was just doing was showing what would be the outcome of what they had done. 
Now, I'm just going to read the curses that he pronounced upon the woman and on the man. And I'll amplify them a bit. Then, um, what I wanted to do today, I don't know, I may not have time to get to that. I've said a lot of things. I hope you are blessed anyway, because I just need to add some things along the line. All right, he said, to the woman, he said, verse 16, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. But please, what he said literally, some Bibles have it like that, I'll literally multiply your pain and your conception. There's something about that. I will explain in a moment. I will greatly multiply your pain and your conception. So some interpret it as your pain in childbirth. Some say your pain in pregnancy. I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And as it in pain, you will bring forth children. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread, till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now, where, what I just why I remember to read this is because of this one he said. That was a pronunciation, or that was the pronouncement, that's the word, that was the pronouncement of physical death upon the man here, that you will return to the ground, all right? That's what he was saying. Now, I read all of this to try and amplify something here. Curse is a ground because of you. To the woman, he also said, I will greatly multiply your pain and your conception. Now, what was he saying? What he was just saying in both cases, they're actually the same curses, but applied to you know, the man and the woman. What he was saying, that physical things are now going to be more difficult for them to accomplish. And when you see science always doing research and also always doing research and coming up with, um, which one I'm looking at? Coming up with knowledge, understanding, and some theories, and then they throw it away, is this curse that's working. For example, yesterday, somebody forwarded something. Of course, my classmates are all doctors, so they forwarded something around. It was like, what's going on here? That taking a nap increases your chances of dying early. I like the way you said, uh-uh. I'm so happy. You said you, you provoke. <laughs> I like her like that. <laughs> this woman behind, the way she defrauded her face, is very interesting. I wish I could be recording it. When she hears something, you all look like, mm-hmm. You use your face to do emoji for WhatsApp. <laughs> yes, I heard that one. I just burst into laughter. Just like you all of each other, uh-huh. So they did a study and found out that those who take naps have a high incidence of becoming hypertensive or having stroke. Some time ago, please don't believe it. Though. It's so silly. Even if it were true, I still would not believe it. Now, just in case you're wondering, that's how statistics is. All right? So this is like that. It can be difficult to, conf- to interpret because sometimes they are what they call associated, associated factors, not causal factors. For example, if you say if you rest too much, you're likely to be sick. It may be you are resting because you're already sick. Because depending on the statistics, you just say, find me sick people, they count the number. Find how many of them are resting, they count the number. They now find out that those who rest, usually also those who are sick. So someone will now come and interpret and say, hey, 
If you rest too much, you'll become sick. But somebody will look close and say, no. They were already sick. That's why they were resting. That if you selected healthy people who were not sick, and you checked how many of them rested, and you checked how many fell sick over the next five years, can you see? You may actually find out that it is not so. So I saw another one. Of course, you've heard this one before. I've quoted it here. He said, if you, that sitting down is killing you. That if you sit for up to five hours a day at work, it's like smoking heavily. And that is not corrected by exercising. Did you hear that? Yeah, it's very confusing, so I will say it again. I don't blame you. Even if I were you, I would be more confused than this. This is what they said. That the idea of sitting down is harmful. So if you sit down for long in a day, that you are likely to die earlier. You like to have diabetes, you like to have hypertension, you like to have stroke, you like to just have the other cancer, like to have cancer, you like to you like to just die. Shall spirit of death like sitting people. They said. Alright? Now this is what I'm trying to get to. They now added, no, before I get to my point, they now added that so normal thing that I now go and exercise, right? They say even if you exercise, it does not correct for it. So what should I do? Don't sit. So they actually designed workstations where people stand to work. Some of them have treadmills. So after working, standing for some time, you press this treadmill, it starts, so you, you're, you're typing. Good morning, you know, um, Mr. Susan. So we'd like to communicate. And then you're working. You know, say, madness. Why you deny God there? Know how, know how you go crazy one day, Sha. You just must crazy. You must go mad. How won't you go mad? This is where I'm going. Do you know? And other people, also medical professionals, did another study. As they don't mind them, sitting does not kill people. They began to pick flaws in the study. That that study was done in London, where most people are already sitting too much anyway. And that the problem is not the sitting. It's the fact that they don't do any other thing. That if you did that study from those who come from outside London and have to commit long distances to work and what great to get to, story starts again. Finally, they say, don't mind them. Sitting does not kill. And that study. I know what you are thinking. Which one are we going to do now? I can keep on giving you studies, but I will not waste your time. I want to just prove to you that we keep researching and finding something today. We change it tomorrow, refine it another time, then discard it, do another research. You know why? From the sweat of our brows, we are trying to get bread. Do you get what I'm trying to say? To produce with sweat. That was what God meant when he said, I will increase your conception. You will keep on, produ- you keep on having ideas that will bring forth nothing. I don't know whether you are getting it. You know the truth? In universities, it's about study and publishing. And when I read the studies and the publications, I laugh. It's 99% that don't live for sake of promotion. And that said, we'll read it and publish based on something somebody did just so it can get promoted. And the whole world is in a mass of confusion. It's not natural. It's a curse. It's like we are traveling in a maze. You know what they call a maze? We are traveling in a maze. Once we denied God, we lost somebody who knew the road so we can follow. So we're always trying. We have been trying. We will continue to try. We will continue to try. We will continue to try. That's why we keep on doing research. Occasionally, God will give light. And then we have small direction. And we are happy. Occasionally, we get those lights. And then what happens is that we end up thinking that it means we know what we are doing. But we don't realize that we are just operating under a curse. That's what he was saying to Adam and saying to Eve. Now, he applied the same thing to the man and the woman. 
And what I want to emphasize, okay, is that without God, that is how life is. Again, let me get to politics. They say, we must get it right this time. Have you heard that before? You know, it sounds very nice, doesn't it? There's only one problem. It has no meaning. How do you get it right? They have given you only... How many candidates to choose from? Four now. What do you mean? There are four. Four can is a candidate. What's your problem? Some people say there are two. <laughs> Don't cause fight though. Twelve. What are the four candidates? Peter B. Emiloko. That's... <laughs> like my friend... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Peter B, Bolad Ahmed Tinubu, Atiku Abubakar, and Rabbi Okwakwanso. Yes. Now you say you must get it right. And you are choosing out out of four people of 200 million. The right person is not even on the ballot. You get what I'm going to say? How will you get it right? He's not even on the ballot. Who's the person? I don't know. I'm just trying to let you know that you are choosing four people that have been chosen for you. And you are saying you must get it right. What kind of joke is that? Now, this is small politics. Some of you can disagree, but I'm not going to say something too terrible. Say, ah, I said, all of them, all of, all of them that I can see. Eh? I can't see the difference between anyone. That's me. You can disagree with me. But that's small politics. Anybody like vote for? In fact, the one I want to vote for, Seth, I won't tell you now. You're not vicious among the four. Maybe I'm voting for this guy's candidate. Oh no, Apostle's candidate, the YPP. What's the name of the candidate YPP? Addo Ibrahim. Is he a Nigerian? <laughs> Look, I don't know now. I need to ask now. <laughs> I need to ask now. Now, the point I'm trying to make is that you say we must get it, we must get it right. Let's even now. So, you know what we're doing? Basically, we are gambling. That's it. So, if we gamble and we pick one of these, okay, let's make every neck happy. One of the 12. And then it is wrong. That's another four years, right? Then after four years, we say, we must get it right this time. Then we'll pick another one out of maybe another four or five they give us. And then if it is wrong, another four years. More likely, it's eight years for each one. It ten, typically tends to be, okay, it can be four, all right? But let's make a long story short. Every four years, we keep on telling ourselves, we must get it right. So at the end of 40 years, you are still saying we must get it right. That's what government said. That we increase your pain and your conception. <laughs> Everything just gamble, 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 gamble. It's the same reason why people change professions all the time. You are fulfilling this curse. Yeah. You always try every business, every profession. This one's making money. You've gotten there. You are fulfilling that curse. He said, I will increase your pain and your concern. Always having ideas. Ideas. Ideas will not leave you alone. You do one after some time, it goes, it goes spot. You start again. Always having ideas. Now, what I want to explain is that the only way out is to seek the Lord. It's the only way out. Let me just summarize it because of time. The only way out of these curses is to seek the Lord. The only way out. You see, if you see... I don't want to talk about like the curse of Eve now as an example. It's said to Eve, what is the issue? He said, because, how did he say it again? Let's talk about Adam. Adam. 
He said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten up, that thing is so deep. I pray we get it. Are you not supposed to listen to your wife at all? That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that anytime you hear somebody who says something opposite to what I have said and you obey, you come under a curse. If it's society, you come under a curse. The problem was that he said, you listen to the voice of your wife, number one. What was the result? You now ate of the tree that I said you should not eat the fruit from it. There's, there's a pattern inside here we must understand. So this is what happens in life. Life tells you, do it this way. You say, but that's not what God says. Leave that thing. You are being too spiritual. Let's be practical. Once you do it, you're under a curse. After, if it's a business, an example. You do it the way the world says do it. You set up your business principles the way the world says it makes money. Because after then, you start gambling. After then, everything will be a game of chance. Do you get my point? That is why. He said, because you disobeyed my order, listening to somebody else, and you knew what I told you to do. You were in church. You heard your pastor teach. You read that book. They told you the six different steps or principles that a Christian builds his business upon. They say, first, you must, be a, you must aim to be what? A blessing. What's another one? Demonstrate righteousness. You must have righteousness you want to demonstrate. A good name. You know, stuff like that. Let's not go right now. We take our time. You know these things. Well, people say that, look, if you do like that, you won't make money. Then you did exactly what they said and disobeyed what I said. He said, from that time, the ground upon which you are doing that business, you know, is cursed. You will be toiling. You will be toiling. You know what I found out in this life? Hmm? Success is a gift. Please, I don't want to be speaking for too long. I need to stop. Did you hear what he said? DJ, did you hear what he said? He said I should continue speaking. Meanwhile, what he's doing is listening. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm having support. Okay, we're not voting again. Everybody put down your hand. I'm beginning to hear people support the motion. <laughs> Listen, you know what I found out in this life? Business success. Success is a gift. If I see discuss this one over with my wife over the last few weeks, one of the things I've learned in recent years is to recognize the hand of God around. Success is very deceptive. It's very tempting. Even Bill Gates said he can deceive you into thinking you know how to do it. That's even Bill Gates. He says success can deceive the, the, the smart people into thinking they know how to do it. Once you've done it right, you think you know how to do it. And one of the things God has done for me in recent years, especially in the last two years, I would say, over the years, but it's been so focused over the last two years, is for me not to think I know how to do anything. That the way he got me results, I shouldn't record it as the way results got him. If I lead you to Portacot by hand, don't draw the map that this is how to get to your destination. The next guy is going to Makot. For you now, Portacot is success. But the man going to Abakalik, if he follows that path, he will never get to his place in life. He will never get there. So people tend to record the path that God used to bring them to a place. I see that's how it works. There is no how, there is who. Do you get my point? Yes, it's God that gives this thing, no. Yes, Bishop Edipo used to tell us something those days. I've seen pastors say that, no, yeah, the church has to be in the center of the city. Bishop Edipo did not believe in center of city. You know his own rule? If you are looking for central location, you have nothing you are carrying. He said, how many babalawos are in central location? That's what he used to tell us. He said, are they not in longos? Are they not in villages? Don't they go there? 
He tells them, look, if God is with you, people will come there. So as a rule, he builds in outskirts. He had a church in Lagos. One time, built it in Otta. Otta, in case you do not know, it's not Lagos. It's Ogun State. Please, I hope you get my point. He said, no, no, you can't make it. Now, where I'm going is that, do you know? Of course, we saw his life, the way things turned out and all of that. But the point we're making is that he, he taught us early. That look, when they say business is location, location, location. First thing I learned from Bishop is that it's not true. Say, now, let me now add my own words. It depends on whether God is attracting people there or not. Do you know, I've seen businesses fail. And the, okay, when we have seen it fail, we'll now be explaining that, you see, their location is bad. Yet, another one succeeded. If you are very objective, you see that that location is good. That is, the one that succeeded. The location is, is that like the one that this one that failed, but you say that one is good because it's, success, it's successful. But really, it's not location that made it successful. Many things happened, which, please, get me. You can't predict ahead of time. But when it has happened, you think it's reasonable. But that's the deception there. That is the deception there. When it has happened, you think, oh, we understand. Do you know, even this man, Steve Jobs said it. Steve Jobs said, no, no one can connect the dots looking forward. He said, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. That is when you have reached success, you look back and say, how did I get here? Okay, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did that. People will not write books on it, motivational speakers. This man did this one, he did this one. <laughs> Those who did it say, oh boy, we did not know it worked like this. And many things we did did not work. You don't know about them. So over the years I have learned, ask God for mercy. If you want to do anything, ask God. If they give you the best location in life to set up your business or supermarket or whatever it is, don't say, man, this location is good. Business here will be good. If your name, if you're a believer, God, and God wants that business to be good, eh? He will first shut it down for six months. He will frustrate you. You will get to that location. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Illustration, illustration. Apostle. Perfect illustration. There are two filling stations next to each other here. Those of you who know, you know what I'm talking about. These guys routinely have 10 times the amount of cars these guys have. Sometimes you go to this station, it's empty, it's bigger. It's easier to drive into it. If you are coming from this our road, you can straight navigate into that. But the other one, you have to first turn right, go and do a sharp turn. Brethren, that other one is always full. When there's fuel scarcity, they are full. When there's fuel commonness, they are full. Why? The story is long. Sometimes they say their, their gauge has been... I have gone to this other guy and tested their gauge. Good. He said there was a time they had good fuel. All kinds of stories. This, God says they call it rumors. and rumor, Rumors of war. Rumors have gone out. Blessing this one, closing this one. The same location. I'm sure the owner of that one can't believe it. If I don't know that one, I just come to the other guy and say, nah, come and put your sign here. For everything we sell, you take 10%. I beg. Because the rumor was so good that they have now acquired the two. Because whatever, I do, like they say, I don't know what they are using. <laughs> but something is going on. You have all seen it. Now, this is what science does. We now go and research. We now find a reason. And God says, it's a lie. I commanded open door for that fellow. The reason why I did is another story. So anything you want to do in life, please. Eh? If I want to, one thing I have not done is that, like now, if you open a big business for me, you give me a good location for the business, 
and I see this location is good. I will enter the door, the place, lock the door and kneel down. I said, God, please, did you hear them say the location is good? I also thought it. I want you to forgive me for thinking rubbish thoughts. There is no good but God. You have to deliberately renounce that flesh. You must. You must. Because my experience is that what he will, what, know what he will do? You all close the door to that place. Customer no go see you for 12 months. Your first year's rent will disappear. You'll be looking like, God, what did I do? And the pastors who don't know now say, did you sow a seed to start? They say, no. God is angry with you. You now borrow money and sow. God say, ah, okay, no problem. You are still relying on your own works. No, even though it's spiritual now, but it's still your own works. No trouble. Then one day you now say, I'm not doing it again. Nothing in this place works. Let's worship as we close. But I want to thank you. The Lord gave. The Lord has closed the door. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Just as you're about to leave. Somebody say, hello, please, sir. I heard you selling this thing. Say, yeah, can I just have some? You buy. You, you, you know, you sell. He said, please, I'll be back tomorrow. You want to close shop today? Someone asked, okay, let's just wait for him. Tomorrow, he comes with his friend. I said, okay. Ah, and my whole family will come next week. You wait for him. Before you know what's happening, things start moving. Things start moving. You just sit down and be looking. Then after a while, your friend comes there. I thought you we were closing. He said, bro, I tried to close. The place is not really closed. Then it starts booming. They said, this location is good. He's like, oh, oh, oh. Close your mouth there. <laughs> I'm not, you, you close your mouth. What do you mean? Location is good. I was here for two years. The location changed. I know the, the way God redirects things. When God redirects things, if you don't know God, you think it's a game of chance. The owner of Banax Plaza Abuja. How many of you know Banax Plaza Abuja? When they told me the story, he said when he built that place, he planned, listen, he planned to open it big. He knows people. Then the head of state was supposed to come and commission it. Then IBB annulled June 12. And the mood of the nation turned against him. The man said he had even paid, what do you call it, plane, chartered plane to carry guests. He had paid hotels. He had to close the formal luncheon. Why? Somebody had not June 12. The loss was massive. When you describe the loss, of course, you know the way leverage money, you know, loans and all of that. Massive. Let me not go into further details. But he managed, he said that because of his own personal principles, managed to keep afloat, pay off all his debts and all of that. Then, a few years later, of course, Abacha was in power for some time. A few years later, Obasanjo came into power. Obasanjo came to Abuja as the head of state. He looked and said, why is this place scattered like this? That's why the whole city. Why is the whole city scattered like this? They said, please, find me somebody. He asked Atiku, do you have any... Now, listen, he really said this so I can say it. He said, do you have any madman that can help me clear the place? So Atiku said, I have one crazy guy like this. That's the current governor of Kaduna. Erufai. He called Erufai. A person just in that look, your job is to rearrange the city for me. Erufai said, that's what we do in my family. We rearrange things. <laughs> I didn't want to eat anyway. Erufai said, look, any structure that is not on the right, first, if you don't have a permit, get out. So even if you have permit, and you were permitted to build on the place where God did not permit, out. How do we know where God did not permit? Is it on the master plan? 
Every Viking with bulldozers started destroying buildings. Destroy buildings, destroy shops, destroy buildings. This man has over a thousand business suites there. Now, here we have how many? Maybe this, this plaza here. I don't know how many, but he has over a thousand. Next thing that happened, everybody's rushing there. Are you catching that? Yeah. Everybody's rushing there. Everybody, why? Every fire was closed, bring, bringing down buildings, bringing down plazas, bringing down structures. He was, bring, you know the story. Everybody was rushing. Suddenly, his rent kept on going up, kept on going up, kept on going up. That it became, you needed to beg to get space in that plaza. At the end of the day, God just, God, you know, God said, I passed, I saw you in your blood. I said what? Leave. God looked at his business and said, leave. See, I told you, you can't, you can't plant how to sow, how to reap. You can't control the climate. You can't control the weather. It's God that will look and say what? Leave. If you want anything to succeed in your life, eh? that's how you get it. You can't be operating under a curse. Multiplied in your pain and your conception. Always having ideas. Do this one, fail. Do this one, fail. Do this one, fail. This one, fail. This one, fail. Fail, 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 fail. Gambling, gambling, gambling with your life. You want to succeed? You know what to do? You get on your knees. There's no key out there. There's no location out there. No, we're looking at it earlier today, yesterday. I was okay, it was here. Bible study here yesterday. We're looking at it. And they showed that Unilag and UI, on the current world rating of universities, UI and Unilag outranked most UK universities. And people are paying 11, is it 12,000 pounds a year to go to school? But what am I saying? And they think that when they bring the certificate back, and that's the key, you bring the certificate back. You'll be interviewed by a man who finished from SOT or UNA. Look at you, you sure? Sure, you can do that? And I say, yes, I'm tra- I, I trained in Hammersmith. And I say, ah, all right. Exactly, where is Hammersmith? Is that in Japan? It looking like, oh, God, how can it be in Japan? You're the MD. I'm the MD, yes. I don't know where it is. If it's the MD, then the chairman will now come and say, nah, hi, my now. Chairman will not go to school. Chairman not even go to school. <laughs> I was telling you about the plaza. The man told me that I finished in primary six. Yeah, the man owns it. He said, man of God, I stopped school in primary six. He said, it's surprising because now they invite me to speak in business schools. So you know that you want to sell your father's grave, your, gra- your grandfather's grave, <laughs> so you can go and get a certificate from abroad. Stop wasting your time. If you want to succeed in life, get, kneel down. Wait for everybody to sleep first. Then wake up, kneel down there. And ask the Lord for anything. You know, a, day, a man came, asked for a sign. God told Shadow to go back. Shadow. Haba. God, you can't even tell if a bird to fly past. That was not simple. Okay, say, Lord, make three birds land in front of him. God said, no. See, that shadow has gone down this number of degrees. You go back. God does strange things. Bible calls them terrible things in righteousness. Look, let me end it here. I wanted to take a minute. Don't, don't get up just where you are. Bow your head and tell the Lord, I will not operate under a curse. How do you come under a curse? You start listening to voices, not the voice of God. You start listening to voices, not the voice of God. 
He said to the Lord, I will not operate under a curse. I will not operate under a curse. Trying this, trying that, trying this, trying that. Say, Lord, I will not operate under a curse. I want to hear your voice. I want to obey your voice. It's an important prayer. I will not operate under a curse. I will not operate under a curse. I will not operate under a curse. Trying this, trying that, no rushing here. Today you are in this country, tomorrow in another country, you are in this town, you are in this city. No purpose, no direction. Why? Because you heard a voice and you obeyed it. And that voice said to you, disobey what the Lord said to you. You need to say, Lord, I will not operate under a curse. 